0: On today's show, we bring in strategic internet marketing consultant Logan Flatt, and we discuss a fascinating profitable flip with some really interesting, unexpected twists and turns along the way. Plus, it's a crypto domain, and we all have a lot of interest in that too. Enjoy the show. First, serious about online trading? Secure your funds. Keep your merchandise safe and use a company that keeps the buyer and seller protected the whole way through. That's escrow.com. Payments you can trust.
1: Built by domain investors to increase your inquiries, sales, and profit.
0: Forget spreadsheets and archived emails. Manage your entire investment portfolio in one place using a secure and completely confidential platform. Learn more at ft.com That's E F T Y. Fty.com. Hey, Sherpa Network. Thanks for joining us today. I'm Tess Diaz, executive producer of DomainSherpa.com, and today we are joined by our old Sherpa friend, Logan Flatt. Hi, Logan. How you doing?
1: Hi, Tess. How are you?
0: I'm great, thanks. Um, It's been about a year since we got together in Dallas, but I have that picture still, and we'll definitely, I think I'm going to post it as part of this video. Logan has the coolest license plate of any domainer (laughs) I know. So Logan, you have been domain investing since 2009, but Mm -hmm. you were also a strategic consultant for a marketing agency. And I think um, that's how you first became aware of domain name values, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, I started doing internet strategy consulting back around 96, 97 to large corporations that were trying to get online back then and have an e-commerce presence. Uh, back at that time frame, and uh, so I've always been involved with, with domain names, I just wasn't smart enough to invest in them way back then.
0: Well, you were smart enough to be an internet consultant in 95, 96, yeah. that, uh, that's pretty cutting edge, mm-hmm. and you've always been so good at seeing the big picture, mm-hmm. so I'm really excited today, you have an interesting and very well-studied, um, profitable flip to share. Mm-hmm. Um so 83% net profit. And you gave me this amazing timeline from the day the domain was registered. Love it. <laughs> so um let's jump in. So this is cryptocpa.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you sold recently. In fact, we waited to film this until the sale officially closed. It's right. uh, so it fun to be part of that process with you, Logan. Mm-hmm. Why don't you take me through the high end and then we'll break it down? Sure. Okay.
2: Sure.
1: Yeah. Crypto CPA, uh, CPA stands for certified public accountant and um, obviously a, a big demand for accountants who can know how to do accounting for cryptocurrency transactions and things like that. Um, And so it's a domain name that I found at one point and uh, ended up paying like $144 for it in total, but uh, sold it once, didn't go through, sold it again, went through, uh, ended up making about $15,200 gross uh, for the domain name.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. So, um, so the domain was first registered in 2013. That's right. Um, uh, and you know, it's a good point. Uh, what do they say? Uh, the only things that are certain in life are death and taxes. <laughs> That's um, right. So you got to look at uh, you know crypto CPA. You get, if if crypto is an emerging market, taxes mm-hmm. in, in that emerging market. Brilliant, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, So it was registered a year later. You mentioned that um, it went pending delete and no one bought it again for over a year. And I think that's a neat part of your research process, Logan, um, that you notice that part of the history. Because a domain name, so if you look at CryptoCPA.com right now in the who is, you would show that it's registered originally in June 7th, 2016. Mm-hmm. But that's just this current life for the domain. That's it right. was also registered in 2013 and someone changed their mind and let it go or forgot about it or something. And then no one else thought of it or decided to purchase it for, you know, over two more years. That's interesting to note that there was a missed opportunity there. Um,
1: no. in the yeah, it's, it's interesting because, um, Back in 2013, you know, Bitcoin was only $826 <laughs> per Bitcoin. Uh, somebody registered it. They did it under privacy, so I couldn't see who it was, but they let it drop a year later. Um, like you said, it didn't it didn't get picked up for another year. So finally in 2016, June 2016, a guy in Russia came along and hand registered it again, uh, about the time when Bitcoins were like $584 a Bitcoin. And, um, but he let it drop the next year as well. And so went to auction
0: funny yeah but that year it went to auction and got some attention so even though bitcoin pricing was lower probably it uh global awareness was growing for it um you would think right so okay so it goes to auction a year later july 2017 Mm
2: -hmm.
0: it's won at auction um and it is super cool Uh, i might I don't know if it would be easy to post this, but you put together a really neat Excel spreadsheet that shows that each item that happened to Mm -hmm. the domain, but then also the cost in both cash, US dollar, and in Bitcoin at that time. And that's really, really neat. Um, So it went for $120 at auction, Mm -hmm. June
2: 17.
0: And it was pretty much immediately listed for more or less 15000 14488 at uni registry.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah. So as soon as I re- won it at the auction, one hundred twenty-eight dollars um, you know, I had to pay, you know, GoDaddy requires you to pay a renewal fee right there. So it's like $135 I got into it at that point. Uh, but I immediately thought, because right, by this point, Bitcoin's worth $2,300. <clears throat> so it's gone up, you know, a good bit since uh, it was first registered. Um, so I thought maybe it was around $15,000 that uh, I could put it out there at University Market. Um, so I put it out there to buy it now price and um, and basically waited. Okay. <laughs> basically, wait, see, and when, you, know, you
0: you noted different changes in Bitcoin pricing, mm-hmm. um, then you repriced it in January 2018 Um, with a pretty big price slash uh, $8,400. Was it just the cost of Bitcoin that made you do that? Or did you have other strategy or thoughts behind that?
1: No, it's pretty much because, you know, up until that point, uh, Bitcoin was making its big run up to about $19,000 for Bitcoin. Um, So around December 18, 2017, it really peaked at $19,500. And then it started to basically just collapse. Um, And so... Um, by January 15th of 2018, it was already back down to about $14,000 and I started to kind of lose, you know, some of my own belief in Bitcoin and what this thing was. Um, and so I really felt that, um, maybe, maybe this cryptoCPA.com really wasn't worth $15,000. So I ended up, um, putting it out there at university market for about $8,400 as buy it now. Um, and then, um, I also had to make offer on the page as well. So, um, someone finally did come along and uh, a few days later and make an offer.
0: And does that indicate to you that um, someone was watching it and wondering if that would change or do you think it just happened to be, I mean, I noticed it was at the very beginning of a new calendar year. People are just redone their taxes. People are thinking about accounting. Do you have any insight on why that buyer came along three days after you p- repriced it? Uh,
1: I do think he was watching. He was a, a, a younger accountant out of Delray Beach, Florida. And um, he, he uh, basically, uh, yeah, January, he was thinking about taxes because he was doing taxes for other people. And he was, um, you know, wanting to uh, do his own taxes as well, I'm sure. But obviously, obviously he had a business uh, as a CPA and was uh, interested in buying this domain name. But he came along and he, uh, he initially offered $6,000 for the domain name. So I thought, hey, that's a good offer, right? It is. Um, but I countered back to him that, you know, hey, thank you for the offer. But the lowest we could do is like $7,900. And uh, But he immediately comes back and makes me an offer, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, he said that he offered me that instead of eighty eight thousand four hundred dollars what if he pays me $10,000, okay, by April 18th, which is three days after April 15th, which is the tax period, right? Um, uh, but he wanted to pay me $10,000 for it if I would take it off the market. So he said say he'd put 20% down, put it in escrow, um, and then you know pay the rest later. Uh, and he understood that if he didn't finish the transaction, he would forfeit his $2,000 up front. Um, so I thought about it you know, for a while, and I came back the next day and basically said, Well, I wouldn't take 20% down, but I'll take 30% down. And then he could pay basically $100 in February, $100 in March, and then the remaining $6,800 he could pay in April. So after, maybe presumably he was gonna get a tax refund or something himself, and he thought maybe uh, he'd have it by then, and that he could pay that that last bit off. Um, But I made it clear to him that, you know, he's gotta make all the payments, and if he doesn't make them all, then he forfeits whatever payments he uh, had made to that point, um, which is part of the agreement. And that's also typically part of the escrow.com agreement when you make a, a payout like that. Um, and that's, that's basically what we agreed to was uh, $3,000 up front, $100, $100, then
0: $6,800. That's, you know, great negotiation. Just asked for a little bit more. Yeah. Um, also that, you know, steady uh, interest, even more than the income, you know, the 100 bucks but to keep them remembering that this was a payment and um, actively somehow even emotionally invested in, in the domain. Uh, was right. that your thought behind the $100 a month?
1: Yeah, and I wanted him to be more committed than $2,000 up front. I wanted $3,000 up front. And then I wanted to make it easy for him on the $100 payments. Um, but then if he's going to get this big lump sum check or whatever after the tax season's over, then uh, he can make that $6,800 final payment.
2: Sure. Okay.
1: Unfor- unfortunately, I was wrong. <laughs> uh, he, he, well, didn't, he didn't finish all the payments.
0: Okay. But you got to keep the initial down payment. So not so bad. Okay. So first you folks discussed terms. Yes. You came to an agreement mm-hmm. uh, verbally. How did you uh, memorialize that? Was it difficult? Do you have a contract template? Uh, did, I assume you used escrow.com?
1: Yeah, I basically uh, crafted a purchase agreement, and I did it right there in the university market uh, in the platform they have there. That he could, you know, we could always come back to this documented session where we're uh, where our negotiation is being documented. But I wrote the agreement there, and we agreed to it there. Um, and then when it went to um, escrow, escrow dot had their own agreement. Uh, but I sent that basically that, that that agreement he and I agreed to sent it to escrow.com. Escrow.com had its own agreement because they want to make sure their rights were included in agreement amongst all three of us and um, but it was very similar it wasn't wasn't too different in the end and um, and escrow.com did a great job in setting it all up and helping the buyer uh, make his first payment uh, he put he made the first uh, $3,000 payment plus he paid the uh, escrow.com fees at the same time as about $300 for that uh, for them to manage the payment process uh, over the four months
0: so Logan I think this is really interesting to note um, you negotiated the terms on one platform, Uni Registry. So, were you even emailing or you were just messaging through Uni?
1: Just messaging through Uni, uni Registry.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you agreed to terms. Then you, um, you utilized Uni to write those terms up. And then you went to escrow. And of course, escrow needs their interests included in all of this or their terms, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, it's scary to get someone to agree just one time but then to get them to agree a second time can often be a um, a stumbling block or a moment for them to walk away Um, did you feel like that was a difficult um, something to overcome or did you feel like with this particular buyer it wasn't a big deal
1: I didn't think it was a big deal because um, we we're, we're, were already right there negotiating in the email stream at Uniregistry Market. Um, it was just me typing up what looked a little bit more formal and it said the dates of the payments when they were due and the consequences of not finishing the payments. And uh, you did
0: that in what, like a Word doc that you uploaded to uni or?
1: No, there, right there right there in the, uni, in the uni platform. Okay. And we both agreed to those terms and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll send this over to escrow.com and they'll get it set up. Um, just escrow.com had their own agreement that they wanted us to both sign but it was the same terms it was you know it was very yeah. simple to do it wasn't it wasn't i wasn't worried about the risk of that um at all because we were pretty much confirmed in our agreement
0: are you saying it's like the standard escrow terms that you agree to or there was something extra
1: uh, escrow you know had it's basically it's standard terms but it had my same payment agreement um kind of baked into their agreement okay. um so that everyone understood what the what the okay. uh, terms were and yeah. what escrow.com's responsibility was in that agreement as well.
0: Okay. And you know, most likely that's just a statement to escrow's um, credibility in the market that I think it makes it very easy for people to understand, oh, there's just another button to click. And um, to the just the ease of the process in escrow, the ease of transit uni and escrow have worked very well together to integrate their processes. And so probably that really helped to overcome that potential, um, stumbling block there too. So good for you. So you enter into the terms January. Um, no, no. Yeah. End of January, 2018.
2: That's right. That's right.
0: Okay. And it's, it's, Funded no problem. It's still end of January. I mean, he was pretty quick. And yep. then, uh, he just misses his, the final payment, the 68 with the balloon.
1: No, he, he missed that payment. And the thing was that he went totally dark. I mean, I sent him emails through the university platform, um, escrow.com sent him payments. I'm sorry. sent him emails as well, uh, directly to him because he was a customer of theirs as well. Uh, but he just went totally dark. He just did not respond at all. And, uh, we send them emails saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, um, basically, basically around the end of um, at the May, around May 11, um, escrow.com sends them a message saying, hey, you got a, a seven week, seven day cure period where you got to make this payment, or you're going to be in, in default of the agreement, and we're gonna, we're gonna um, allow the seller to keep all the payments that you've made to date, and we're gonna give the seller the domain name back.'" Yeah. And um,
0: Escrow and- does a great job just streamlining that as well. Oh, yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, it's super super easy for me. <laughs> and uh but we never heard from him, so uh, he didn't uh, cure uh, the transaction and uh, so I got to keep my $3,200 he made uh, up until that that point and I got the domain name back to my in-registry account from escrow.com. So it was mm-hmm. uh it was a transaction where uh, I made $3,200 on not selling the domain name.
0: Wow, yeah. Now, did he utilize, do you think that he was trying to boost his business um, and instead of actually receiving his own personal tax refund, he was trying to just, you know, uh, what if he was spamming people? What if he had, you know, a website up directing business and thought that he'd get so much extra CPA business by April 15th that he'd be able to pay it off?
1: I really don't know. Um, I just know that he was a younger CPA, probably starting out. Um, maybe thought he could differentiate himself in the marketplace by focusing on crypto transactions. Um, people, because back then, uh, back then, quote unquote, a couple years ago, it was very uh, uh, you know unknown. It was very strange how to even account for cryptocurrency transactions. This might have been before the uh, IRS even put out their uh, their own documents on how to account for uh, cryptocurrency transactions. Uh, So it really could have been a great point of differentiation in the marketplace for CPA at that time.
0: Very, very true. And did you have anything in place protecting you from, or protecting the domain value from, you know, if it got blacklists for spam or anything like that, or you weren't really worried because you could just kind of see where he was Uh, going?
1: Well, in the terms, I said that if, you know, if he were to use it in such a way that would be, have a negative impact on the value of the domain name, he would be in default of the agreement. Um, but he never used the domain name during the period that uh, he was making payments, so it was never an issue.
0: So there was no website put on it, nothing like that?
1: Nope, nope. Even, Even though
0: just, we could have?
1: He could have, yes. Escrow.com would allow him to uh, use the domain name through their DNS system.
0: Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. So he defaulted, he went completely dark. Uh, and, and do you think that Bitcoin prices affected Now, how did Bitcoin prices change from the time that you entered into the agreement until um, the time that he defaulted?
1: Um, It was basically going down because, uh, you know, after January 2018, uh, from $19,500, by the time he defaulted, I think it was about uh, $8,300. So it had fallen by more than $10,000 by then. So, you know, that kind of got me wondering about, you know, is this, is this domain really even worth that much? You know, because this Bitcoin thing seems like a, everyone's kind of bailing out of it and uh, it seems not to have the promise that everyone thought it was going to have. So maybe this CryptoCPA.com domain name really isn't, isn't worth all that much.
0: Yeah, you know? and maybe he was going through that same thought process. Interesting, but he didn't turn around and say, hey, it's not worth anything, give it to me cheaper or try to renegotiate in any way, shape or form.
1: Right, right. He, just, he didn't just went totally dark until later. He comes back up later.
0: Oh, there's a Uh great time for a commercial break. (laughs) Yes. This is fun. So, um, so next you listed the domain with media options. Now, thus far, you've done no outbound brokerage on it. You just had it listed on, um, you know, as a buy it now at uni, right?
1: That's correct. That's correct. And uh, because I thought, you know, at that point that it had some value on its own and that uh, people would find it. Um, and, um, and this buyer obviously did find it and uh, made an offer and just didn't go through, you know. So, okay. but yeah, so I, I decided to uh, do an outbound uh, approach to it. Uh, that was probably in, what, July 2018 after I got it back from escrow. <laughs> and yep. uh, uh, you guys had announced you're going to be doing a crypto uh, domain name newsletter. And so I let you know about that and you, and you guys ran it. Um, in July, but I don't think there was ever any interest uh, in the domain name uh, from the newsletter. So didn't sell
0: Yeah, no um, there were I mean uh, 2018 was a huge year for uh, crypto domain purchases in general yep. and uh, media options ran a um, This crypto newsletter for a period of time just to help with the demand. We didn't want to, you know, overwhelm our regular newsletter being exclusively crypto names, but there was just such huge interest in it. Um, And, um, but no, nothing came through for for Mm CryptoCPA.com as an outbound. Uh, I mean, not, you know, not an aggressive outbound, but just, uh, you know, putting it out there. And then, um, you know, so it's neat, the automation that supported you in this process Logan. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how escrow automatically transferred the domain back to you after the buyer didn't cure. How then in September, the uni registry broker, they they knew, the, did they automatically know that the sale fell through because of the connection between uh, with them and escrow, or did you relist it?
1: No, it's a little bit both. Um, um, you know, I had a setting, um, there's a setting within uni registry market where you can say, uh, once a lead kind of goes dead, you can choose 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, 120 days for when a Uniregistry broker can pick it up from you and try to go after the lead themselves. And I had that setting. It must have been 120 days or something at that point. Um, so uh, Drew, uh, I think his name is Zarchinsky, uh, was a, is a broker over at Uniregistry. And he automatically sent out an automated email to the buyer who defaulted. Um, and um, Basically, he ends up talking to the guy later in October um, and got the guy on the phone. So have he'd gone dark, but he did get the guy on the phone and he said, um, you know, and Drew was kind of excited because he thought, well, hey, he, he made those payments in the first place. Maybe we can get him to pick back up, right? And sure. I, didn't want him, I didn't want him to pick it back, back up. I wanted him to understand that that $3,200 was a done deal and that he had to, he'd have to start over if he wants to buy the domain name now because we had an agreement and he didn't finish the agreement. Um but Drew talked to him and uh, he said he's no longer in the market. He just, he had no funding for his business plan. So it just sounds like he didn't really have the financial means to, to really buy the domain name in the end. Um, um, so, you know, he, he basically was a dead end, even though we, we, we got him back on the phone. Um, but Drew, Drew himself was, was pretty adamant that he thought that I had this domain name priced too low. Because at that point I had it back around, you know, the, the $12,000 whatever it was. And he thought this, that I should be pricing it around $35,000. And by this point, um, you know, Bitcoin's around $6,500 of Bitcoin. And I was like, okay, you know, I don't know. I don't know how he gets 35,000 because to me the price is going down uh, and the whole market seemed to be going down by October 2018. Uh, so I was a little more skeptical about $35,000, but I did put $35,000 buy it now um, at Uniregistry as well as at Afternic, just to see if the market would, uh, would bear that price.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. But and did, did he give you any, um, background to what went into that thought process for him?
1: I think Uniretry had been selling, you know, other crypto, uh, domain names and, uh, was getting pretty good prices at that time. Like crypto world, you know, Mike Mann had sold his for over a hundred thousand dollars. I think it was by that time, maybe. Um, so there were comps out there, um, But I just, you know, the whole temperature of the Bitcoin and crypto market by that point was just getting more and more negative. Um, And by that point, I was shorting Bitcoin and making money shorting it. Um, Then I made more money shorting it than I did actually owning it. And um, because by December 16th, 2018, Bitcoin hit its low point. It was $3,200 by December 16th. And so I just didn't think it was going to go anywhere anymore. I I thought the market was totally deflated. And I just didn't really think that this domain name would be worth anything much anymore, but, but Uniregistry, or at least Drew, thought $35,000 was the right price for it.
0: That's neat. And I can say on the broker end, certainly, Mm -hmm. I I mean, 2018 was hot, hot, hot Mm -hmm. for selling uh, crypto domains Mm -hmm. to end users because these crypto companies really, really have the most intimate view of of their market, and they knew that this market was gonna continue to grow. And Mm -hmm. they knew they needed domain names and brands that would um, differentiate themselves within that market. And so um, I think that just really speaks to the importance of getting a broker's perspective, Mm -hmm. because even though so many um, transactions are private in this industry, even if the broker can't tell you that, they can tell you, whoa, quadruple your at, I mean, that's almost a quadruple, right? we yes. were around yes. eight and you moved it to around, you know, eight something to 35 ish. That's, yeah. you know, that's, that's a big change. And you really, a, a, and you trusted the broker, but you had nothing to lose. Cause like you said, you were seeing what the market would bear. It's not like you were, you know, in need of liquidating right away. So yeah. well done. Um, plus, well
1: done. Plus, plus Bitcoin had fallen from $19,500 in January of 2018 all the way down to $3,000 by December 2018 so and I was making money as it was going down so I was more of a skeptic about Bitcoin uh, than perhaps the broker was and the, and, you, and the broker did have more insight into the market for the domain names related to the space um, so I just went with him and, and thought you know $35,000 would price it and I would wait yeah. um, but I waited about five months so by May uh, 2019, um, there had been no interest at $35,000 in the domain name and just, um, again, I was just getting more and more skeptical about, um, about the value of the domain name itself. Um, so when I saw, um, there was a broker named Michael Law, he works for QEIP, which I'd never heard of before. Um, but I saw him post on LinkedIn about they were going to have a newsletter going out with FinTech crypto and blockchain names. Um, so I thought, well, you know, hey, maybe I'll do another outbound on it, but I'm going to lower the price. I'm going to, uh, you know, put it, I'm going to uh, maybe lower it down, down to $15,000. And so I talked to Michael, um, and uh, we put several of my blockchain and crypto names uh, in a newsletter that went out uh, later. But I did put uh, Crypto CPA at uh, $15,000 in that newsletter. Um, and uh, uh, and I redirected all the landing pages for the domain names that I had in the newsletter uh, to QEIPs, um, you know, DNS. Uh, So their their pages would come up instead of Uniregistry Markets. Um, So uh, that newsletter went out around uh, May 25th of this year. And um, uh, they also, about a couple days later, they followed up with some uh, some of the newsletter subscribers and kind of did, you know, outbound calls to them. And they immediately got a buyer on the line who was interested in the name uh, and wanted to know more about could he, do, could he do a payment plan on that $15,000? And of course, I'm like, oh, yes, I love payment plans. Uh, at <laughs> that point, because, uh, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, let's see, let's see if I get this guy to make payments on, on the $15,000 for the domain name, and maybe he'll default, or, you know, who knows. Um, but uh, uh, so Michael at Qeip uh, started, you know, uh, working with him to try to get to a, a point that we could agree on a price. Um, and that took a, that took a little bit. Um, Basically, you know, I said, yes, I'd be willing to finance it. Um, but about a week later, early June, um, the buyer comes up with an offer and his offer was $7,900 lump sum or $10,000 in four payments.
0: Oh, Uh, your people like 10 grand in payments.
1: Right. That's right. And, uh, uh, he he suggested uh, a 40, 20, 20, 20. Uh, so 40% up front, 20% over the next three months. Uh, to get to the ten thousand dollars.
0: Now, was this purely the buyer's suggestion, or did Michael help set expectations and reframe something else that the bu- you know how sometimes buyers have their own ideas, and then someone can kind of help them work that into a structure?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was pretty firm with Michael that um, if it's uh, if he wants to do payments, it's got to be able to fool fifteen thousand um, dollars, and so. Michael knew that, but the buyer himself came back with this, this offer, this offer okay. of he'd be willing to pay $7,900 lump sum or $10,000 in payments. Okay. So I countered that same day with, well, I could do $13,500 lump sum, but if you want to do payments, it's still gotta be $15,000. So why not make that $7,900 lump sum, a first payment on the $15,000, And then you can pay off the remaining $7,100 over, you know, a a time period, maybe up to 12 months. Uh, That would make it easier for for you, you know? Yeah. Um, But uh, the buyer didn't accept that. About three days later, he came back with another offer. Okay. um, Which was $8,900 lump sum or $11,000 financed over four months. And he said, he he told Michael he wasn't willing to go any higher. Um, So... I didn't necessarily believe that, <laughs> but, uh, I countered with, okay, how about $12,000 lump sum or $15,000 in payments, uh, with $8,900 down since he was willing to pay $8,900 in a lump sum I thought, Well, I'll take that as a first payment. Um, and he can do, he can do the remaining $6,100 over up to 12 months. Um, but about two days later on June 13th, the buyer just accepts the $12,000 lump sum. Huh? Um, no so
0: insight no, into why or how that developed.
2: It just boom.
1: No, it was just we just Michael working with him to, uh, oh, okay. you know, get, to a, get to a point. But it was also me working the price down. I you know I, I was fifteen thousand uh, dollars, pretty pretty firm on fifteen thousand dollars with payments. Okay. But I was willing to be more flexible if he could come up with a lump sum payment that was you know probably not less than eighty percent of what my asking price was. I like to try to stay within 80 percent of what my asking price is.
2: Okay. And,
1: uh, so twelve thousand dollars I think is about percent, um, But he agreed to the $12,000 lump sum. I agreed to that as well. And uh, that too went to escrow.com. And uh, um, by June 19th, we were making a, a transfer uh, directly. Uh, the buyer and I were exchanging the, the off code basically.
0: Okay. So, I mean, that took about 19, 20 days. And it sounds like quite a few offers back and forth. If you had to guess, how many... Uh, um, you know, offer counter offer.
1: There were just those three, I believe. There's three.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and uh, you know, Michael was working with the buyer along the way, um, staying pretty close touch. Because once he made that first offer, it was only about five or six days, I think, till we got to an agreement.
2: Okay.
1: Um, and by that time, Bitcoin has got back up to nine thousand three hundred dollars. Uh, so you know, the, the value of this domain name was kind of going back up. If you think about how at the end of 2018, it was only three thousand dollars. Uh, Bitcoin was, but uh, by the time we closed this deal, it was about three times that. And uh, so the value of CryptoCPA.com to a CPA, and this, this this buyer was a CPA based in New York and New Jersey, um, who wanted to differentiate himself in the marketplace as an expert on crypto transactions, um, you know, by the time it's at $9,000, then it is a more valuable domain name. And I think by that time, paying $12,000 for it was a good deal for the buyer.
0: Yeah. I also think, you know, the volatility in general, like yes. that's the thing with taxes. It doesn't matter if you made money or you lost money, you want somebody who can help that work for you in your taxes. That's right. And so right. even if these folks are losing money, they want an accountant who's going to know about it and help them write that off or somehow deal with that. Uh, yep. Somehow benefit somewhere from it, right? Yep. And so it's just um, interesting to see that the Bitcoin pricing, while it did affect the you know perceived value or excitement at times, mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day, any accountant knows they're going to make money off of this win or lose. It's actually the volatility and the big changes in pricing mm-hmm. mean people are winning big and losing big, and needing to account for that. On their taxes
1: right so, and it also it also affected me in terms of you know i was making money while the price was going down uh and i was getting more and more skeptical uh about bitcoin in general about you know it's just it's just basically another dot-com bust uh or a uh you know uh, a tulip bubble whatever you know so i was just getting more skeptical yeah. about it. So my value of the domain name was going up and down as well as it was oscillating uh so um not only did it affect the buyer and the market it affected me personally as a domain name investor what yeah. the value was for the domain name
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, in terms of seeing what the market would bear, um, you do know that if this particular buyer had this much trouble, trouble coming up with, you know, the 15 grand, 35 grand was not going to get you anywhere Mm -hmm. um, with, you know. um, So, um, so June 19th, you trade the off code, And since it was a lump sum, June 20th, boom, uh, you're done.
1: Yeah, that's right. And, uh, so, uh, Michael and the QE IP team, uh, took a 20% commission, uh, for doing a great job. I thought, you know, definitely worth the money, uh, to help them have them find the buyer. Um, so I was happy to pay them the $2,400, uh, for their services. Um, um, in the end, I got nine nine thousand six hundred dollars, I think, uh, into our our bank account at Media Code. And uh, but what's interesting to me is the total value of the trans- of the domain name over time. Uh, you know, I only paid one hundred forty four dollars for it. You can include the one hundred thirty five dollars at the auction plus the renewal at GoDaddy plus about eight hundred. I'm sorry, eight dollars and seventy seven cents when I transferred it to Uniregistry, where I consolidate all my domain names. Uh, so I only had one hundred forty four dollars in the domain name. Uh, but I sold it uh, to a buyer who paid three thousand two hundred dollars. So I got my money, got my one hundred forty four dollars back there, plus a profit. Uh, and then I sold it again for you know twelve thousand dollars. So that's about fifteen thousand two hundred dollars gross that I made on this domain name, having paid one hundred forty four dollars for it. Uh, but once you take out the, the two thousand four hundred dollars to Qeip for their brokerage services, um, I pocketed twelve thousand six hundred dollars um, net. Um, which is about, yeah, an 83% net profit margin um, on that $15,200 that uh, was involved in it. Um, and in the end, I had almost a 9,000% ROI on this on this deal across the two transactions that occurred. So uh, I was pretty excited. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great domain name. I really hope that this, this buyer uh, makes good use of it, can really differentiate himself in the marketplace as an expert on crypto accounting. And um, I'm excited to see what he does with it in the end.
0: Yeah, that's really neat. And it's neat too that the buyers that you did work with were both end users. Yes. Um good for you. That's you know, you know you're really working with um with good a good domain and with uh, good brokerage services doing that. Um, yeah. you know, I've been spending a lot of time by the pool this summer. You've got your pool in the background there. Mm-hmm. Um I keep seeing these these you know, these divers actually sometimes when I um, take my daughter to swim team, the dive team is practicing, and I see these they're really doing great, like those crazy flips and like uh-huh. Olympic-y stuff. Yeah. Um, but I feel like this isn't just a profitable flip, this is a, that's what I'm seeing in my head, the the fancy dive. Oh, I this see. is a profitable double black back flip or something. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> yes, it's a ninja flip of some sort, yes. yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. well, cool. well done. Yeah. And I think, too, Logan, um, that sense that you have of that you didn't go back to that original buyer and try to work something out, that you knew what the value was, you knew what you felt right about. Um, despite all that volatility and uncertainty that you had about its value mm-hmm. or um, uh, or viability, mm-hmm. you still knew you don't go back and renegotiate after you're in the middle of a contract.
1: Um, yes. And I also know, uh, being a finance guy, I also know CPAs. Uh, my brother and sister are, were CPAs. Um, uh, and they're not spendthrifts. So uh, as, a, as a stereotype, and uh, so I knew that, uh, the reason why I was skeptical at Drew's suggestion of $35,000, I knew my target audience were accountants. And I knew from my experience working and consulting with accountants and accounting firms and financial firms that, um, I don't know, I'm not sure an accountant's gonna pay $35,000 for this name, but 15,000, 12,000, 10,000, that might be a little more fair because this, this, this unique skill they have related to crypto accounting was something they could charge a premium for. With all these people making millions of dollars uh, from their crypto transactions, they're probably willing to pay a good premium per hour to a CPA who understands it, understands the IRS uh, treatment of it. And um, so I thought, you know, I thought yes, I could get an accountant maybe to pay up a little bit uh, for a domain name related to it, but probably not thirty five thousand dollars.
0: Did you think it was more palatable? To someone in to an end user in that industry, or did you think it was more like the r o i they would see in one tax year uh one you know tax season um
1: i just i just thought that um you know a smart c p a would know that there's people out there struggling with accounting for cryptocurrency transactions. Mm-hmm. And if they are truly experts at it and understand the IRS interpretation of them, um, then, uh, and they put themselves out there as a expert on that, they could probably make a lot of money in the first two, one, two, or three seasons, tax seasons um, with this domain name and having that differentiation because um, by that point, obviously, you know, Bitcoin was back at $9,000. Something was gonna be happening. It was gonna be in there in the future in some way. Uh, so it's something they can really start a new kind of business on and uh, do well with.
2: Yeah,
0: agreed. And then this wouldn't be a good interview if I didn't ask. So where's like Thanksgiving dinner with your family on this menu? What I mean, on this Excel spreadsheet on your timeline? Um, <laughs> what did did you try to sell it to your family of accountants? Oh, no, 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 did you discuss no. it with them? Did they disagree with you on what you were doing? What What did they think about? you know, you putting your foot in their area.
1: They didn't think anything of it. Um, I didn't talk to them about it at all. So it wasn't, didn't, wasn't a, a key point. So, and ah, they so
0: no they religion, they no politics and no domain names.
1: Yeah, they don't understand the whole domain name business I'm in. So I, I don't even <laughs> talk about it really. So.
0: Is that now? Lo- <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think many, many of us relate. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, um, It's different.
0: <laughs> it is it is and sometimes I feel like once I explain it even if they got it then they can't remember again right um it's a lot it can be a lot to absorb just like crypto can be a lot mm-hmm. to ab- absorb uh, yeah.
1: it's, so- a, it's all right it's all very technical so the layperson out there across America around the world you know it's too technical for them and uh, you know, both both domain names and crypto which are both digital assets. Um, a lot of people who are just not technical don't, don't understand it, don't get it, and don't want to really try to understand it either, um, even if they get some excitement of hearing about their friends making a bunch of money or, uh, you know, see the, see the articles in the, in the news about Bitcoin going up, you know, to $19,500, and they may want to dabble in it, but they still don't understand it fully. To, it's, it's too much of a risk for them to be fully involved. So.
0: Yeah. Now I have a question about the auction. When you originally purchased this domain Mm -hmm. back in uh, July 2017, had Mm -hmm. you already researched that it had been purchased and dropped? Did that would that affect your decision to bid on something? Do you do that much research in what you bid?
1: I will if I see there are trademark issues uh, potentially with the name to see who owned it previously. Um, in this case, no. As soon as I saw the domain name come across the, the screen, I saw Crypto CPA and I was already in the market for buying crypto and blockchain names that uh, um, I was like, oh, I want that one. Plus, you know, because I just knew that, again, that some accountant out there would want it um, because uh, it'd be something they could, they could differentiate themselves with in the marketplace.
2: Huh.
0: Okay. And what about selling to an end user like H&R Block or some big tax? Techs- uh corporation what um were there any um plans to do that any feedback about that kind of sale no
1: i really didn't think i didn't really didn't really think it was a corporate domain because it's a singular cpa um there is another business at crypto dot com um but i didn't think about approaching them either and i didn't think about uh Outbounding this to any large corporations, things like that. I just didn't think the brand itself, Crypto CPA, uh, lended itself to a big company. Uh, a lot of those big companies already have huge investments in their brand, like HR Block, um, Liberty Tax, things like that. Um, I shouldn't see what their interest would be in it, um, which also put a downward pressure on what I th- thought the value was. Um, you know, a big firm like that, if it were a if it were a different name, but in the same uh, industry that I thought maybe a bigger firm would want to buy it, and yeah, maybe $35,000 would make sense. But in this case, it just felt more like a mom and pop kind of name, um, you know, and like a small uh, CPA practice would, would buy it. And that's ultimately who bought it twice. <laughs> twice? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Can't beat that, Logan. Yeah. Now, I think that your expertise and background as, um, you know, in, in marketing strategy, Probably informed that decision, right? Because a big corporation like H and R Block, they're they might do a you know ten years from now might do a marketing campaign, you know, we know crypto or something, mm-hmm. but they're not going to want crypto CPA or crypto CPAs to redirect to them and get some random minute amount of business for what they're doing. It's just not even worth the lawyer's time. <sighs> agreeing to buy it right yeah. and,
1: and and they don't go to market with cpa uh in any of their marketing i mean they don't they don't necessarily care their market the people they attract as consumers or customers don't care about whether an accountant has a cpa designation or not they just want their taxes done they want their refund and they may want a loan to get that refund quicker and in advance um you know it's a totally different market um they're not like a a high net worth individual who wants a cpa doing their taxes for them who cares about that designation more. So uh, I don't think HR Block would ever want uh, probably any domain name with the word CPA in it, uh, certainly not crypto CPA.
0: Yeah, I think that um, foundational understanding that you had really informed not only your sales strategy, but also your, your pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That's, that's really good. So um, huge congrats. Um and Logan, you're such a sport to come on here and you were such a sport. I forget, how did we wind up connecting? I was in Dallas um visiting family and mm-hmm. I think we just emailed and I said, Oh, wait, you're in Dallas and we went out to lunch. It was it was super cool. But you were always so open in the demean industry. Mm-hmm. Your fabulous um interview, what like two, three months ago with Andrew Alleman? Mm-hmm. Um, always so open in sharing your expertise. What do you see right now? Like last thoughts um insights if, what are you excited about what are you working on um what, what are your thoughts right now in the industry logan yeah.
1: yeah and you know one thing i talked to andrew about was how you know i'm hoping that we can get the industry or the the the, the sector that we're in domain name investing more professionalized i'd like to see you know uh more domain investors acting more professionally I'd like to see more domain buyers acting more professionally um you know and uh, just, you know, overall doing a more professional job of, of trading these uh, domain names, these digital assets. Um, And so, you know, that, that podcast I did with him was more about professionalizing my business, creating media code, LLC, uh, having a CPA help me with the accounting side of it and everything else. Uh, So, um, you know, I'm just encouraging everyone out there to don't just do this as a hobby. If you're really serious about it, uh, you know, get more, get more organized, get more professionalized. um, And uh, you know, treat each other better. Um, you know, don't put everybody down if you disagree with them, or whatever, just, just be very positive and supportive of the industry. Um, and, uh, help us get a better reputation as domain investors that, you know, we're, we're going after these generic domain names that, um, you know, are not trampling on anybody's trademarks and, uh, we're trying to do it the right way. Uh, but it's a legitimate business. Uh, it's just like real estate. Um, it's just virtual. So, um, that to me is what's important, and me coming out here and talking about these things so people, other investors, can see what I'm doing to try to make it a, you know, uh, a better business for everybody.
0: Well, that is you know a powerful message, and one that we, um, I think, many folks do appreciate you sharing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I think as more and more people discover the, uh, just not only the profit profitability of uh, the domain industry but it's just fascinating mm-hmm. um, it's exciting it's interesting and right. the people because nobody goes to school and takes a uh, you know gets a degree in anything related to domains let alone really a class even digital marketing or classes right. do, they might mention domains but you can't even take one class on it yet um, mm-hmm. and so everyone in this industry is from a such diverse perspectives, backgrounds, experience um, that it really, really is such a fascinating uh, group of folks, and yep. um, you never know what's what's coming next. So yep. um, I think, though, as more and more professionals enter this industry, I like um, how Drew Rosner always says, you know, We're just making the pie bigger, and truly um the more professional we are the more that we build up our community the more that we educate i mean that's domain sherpa's mission is we just you know offer this education to level up the whole industry and um and it's neat to see how you do that individually logan thank you yeah
1: yeah and i think i think a big challenge is the irrational behavior of the buyer sometimes where um you know they think that they have they're entitled to the domain name that you've had for five six ten years um, and they would never behave that way with someone who has an empty lot in their neighborhood you know that someone's not using. They wouldn't approach them and say, hey, here's 50 bucks for this, this lot that's worth $300,000. Know, they wouldn't insult them with such a low offer and they wouldn't insult them with actual words saying, you know, you're scum for having this domain name and not using it. They would never say that to the person in their neighborhood who owns that lot. Um, they would treat them with respect, and uh, would you know if they're serious about it? They would find ways to get the money to buy the domain name at the price that the seller is trying to sell it at. And but with domain names, it's it, it kind of goes out the window. And I think it's uh I think a lot of buyers just have this sense of entitlement that's not there unless they have a trademark situation where um, someone is sitting on a domain name that has their trademark in it, uh, and they can prove to an arbitration panel that you know, they indeed have rights that precede the rights that the domain name holder has in that domain name. So
0: There's that, a lot of education that needs to take place, but yeah. education can't even start without credibility, mm-hmm. without um, trust, yeah. and um, that's why we as an industry really need to um, work on our presentation yeah. and encourage others who may be lacking that. Yep. And, um, and then because you can't teach someone if they think you have nothing to teach in the first place. So, yep. um, and I think a lot of progress has been made and will be, con- will continue to be made. So Logan, it's such a delight to have you on. I hope next time it's not so long. Um, and I don't have any plans to be in Dallas soon, but, uh, when I do, I'll let you know.
1: Okay. Well, I'm I'm, I'm going to try to avoid Phoenix this summer, so don't. <laughs> Send me to come to Phoenix anytime soon. Okay.
0: (laughs) No one visits Phoenix in July ever.
1: (laughs) It's only hundred degrees here. So I can, I can imagine what it is in Phoenix.
0: Yeah. And big kudos to you. I know you put thought into your lovely background for all our viewers. Uh, We do not always have the prettiest backgrounds, uh, (laughs) but uh, kudos to you. That is a beautiful rose garden. And, um, And every so often I see the beach ball float by. (laughs) (laughs) A little (laughs) visual
1: interest instead of just a blank wall, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think now you just need to go outside and do the fancy dive, and that's how we're going to end, right, Logan?
1: Okay, that's right, that's right. (laughs) I I promise I'll do it after we're off the air.
2: Oh, oh, all right, okay. (laughs) Trust me. We'll see you next time. Take (laughs) care. Thank you, Bye. bye.